Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Popcorn and Coffee, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, and with me is my co-host, Jay Hazer. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? How are you? Good. How are you doing? No, you're good. Um, it's been a couple weeks. It always feels... I mean, we literally just recorded something the other day. I know, but it always just feels like... I don't know. When we record online, it's different than getting in person. I mean, that's true. Yeah. So. But... Anyways, we're back. Anyways, we're back with another movie. Mm-hmm. Another cup of coffee. Another cup of coffee. What do we have today? Today we have it's Boyer's Coffee Mashup Whole Bean. It's uh, Sumatra, Peru. It's got a smoky, sweet hints of chocolate and floral. And I can taste that floral. What's floral? It's like a flower. Probably like petals of a flower or something like they like do for tea. Huh? Like a lily? Sure. Like a daisy? Like a... So it's not a specific flower. It's not a specific. I don't floral, think. Floral. Like a floral arrangement. Yeah. Yeah, but, there you go. Now you got it. Wow, I'm an idiot. That makes sense now that I use it in... in <laughs> can I use it in a sentence? Can you kind of tea... Taste. <laughs> can you taste the flavors? Skittles. Taste... The rainbow. <laughs> Just no. Can can you taste like it's got like a a hint of tea flavor in it? Yeah, maybe. And you're saying that's from the floral? Yeah. Because tea is just flowers. I don't think you know what you're talking. About. <laughs> tea is not flowers. It's herbs. It's different. Like herbs and spices and stuff they make dandelion tea and wine but tea they take like different wildflowers and they make tea that's what that's how they get it (laughs) what have you been watching oh let's see oh i finally finished the harry potter trilogy or series okay saga i think it's just Uh, a series the Twilight Saga. I don't think it's the Harry Potter Saga. What what, con- what consists of a saga? Like a trilogy is three. That's obvious. Yes. Like the saga is more movies, but like franchise, because that's a lot of movies. Yeah. One, two, three. Four, what five, is a six, saga? Seven. I mean, I know we used to play Saga back in the nineties. That's but not a saga, my friend. Saga Genesis. <laughs> Sonic. All right, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Uh. Yeah, I, I wonder if it. I wonder if it has to do with more of a uh, drama, maybe, or there's a. You got it. And it's not specific in terms of a long story of heroic achievement. So it could be considered a saga. Anything, yeah, it could be any of them. Yeah, yeah. It okay. just depends on what they want to call themselves. Yeah. I'm gonna call it the Harry Potter saga. <laughs> the Harry Potter saga. Saga Genesis, the beginning. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so we watched those. Um, really, they got they definitely got better as the movies went on for me. Uh, but even even when it was finished, I still even not watching them as a kid when it when it got over, I was like felt I felt like almost I did watch them as a kid, and there was something very satisfying about the way that movie ended. Like it was just like like the way the the last yeah. one ended. Yeah. It, there was something just so satisfying about it. I was just like, this is good. Like, it wrapped up perfect. Yeah. Well, you're talking about the very end or just the, like, the story? Because I don't like the way the movie ended, that last movie ended, but I like the way the story ended. Yeah, probably the story. Yeah. Because I did not need to see any three of them in old man makeup. Oh, no. See, I like that. I was like, that's... Like I'm glad I think it they could have ended before that, though. They probably could have, but that's all I'm saying. I don't know. I'm. Sh- they loved it. I know. I watched the 20th anniversary thing. Yeah. They had a blast with it. It's fine. It's fine. I have to go and watch that now. But yeah. And then I'll be watching the Fantastic Beasts here in the future, month at least. Because I don't know when the new one comes out. March. Oh, is it? Yeah. We oh, is that soon? Yeah. End of March. I think it's the end of March. We are gonna have to jump on that. Maybe we'll yeah. do. Maybe we'll jump on uh, YouTube. And give everybody a breakdown of those movies. Yeah. All the Harry Potters plus the two Fantastic Beast movies. Mm-hmm. I've only seen one of them. Yeah. 
Which one? The first one or the... The one? Fantastic Beat, the first one. Yeah. I didn't watch the second one. For, for reasons you'll see. Okay. All right. Uh, I watched um, Nightmare Nightmare Alley last night with uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Uh, we may have to review that one. It was really good. We probably should have before it came out. Probably. But you win some, you lose some. Yeah. And here we are talking about it later. I watched Dark Shadows. It was funny. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. You know, I don't like it. And I told you that already because it, it was one that I, I had watched <clears throat> early on in the week. But the one thing that I do appreciate about it, that, I, that I've that i seen it now, is number one, it's a movie I've seen. I love watching movies. But I'll be able to use it in some of the games that we play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very diverse cast, so I can be like, okay, normally Michelle Pfeiffer and Johnny Depp aren't going to go in the same conversation. Yeah. Now they will. Yeah. Who directed that? Is that Tim Burton? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So who who wrote the score? Uh, that would be Danny Elfman. I'm just assuming. Cause correct. He... Very much so correct. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else you've been watching? Uh, nothing of importance. You know what I've been wanting to rewatch? And I turned it on a couple times and I got through the credits and then I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Netflix's Daredevil series. That's creepy. Why? Because I thought about rewatching it myself too. It's just like, man, I just want to watch it again. Yeah. And then it's like a huge commitment because yeah. it's three seasons, two or three seasons. What if we, I don't know, because it's, it's not relevant anymore. The Daredevil series. Yeah. It really isn't. But I want to watch that in the Punisher series again. I it, will at some point. It would be cool. Maybe we should go through it. Like season one, because we record every two weeks. What if one time we like, in two weeks we watch season one and then did an episode on that? Oh, that wouldn't bother me. Instead of doing a movie. Yeah. Because it gives us two weeks to watch it. They're an hour long a piece. And there's like... Not many. Eight episodes, I yeah. think. That's only days worth of content. Yeah. To get through. Yeah. I'd watch it again. I'd be done. All right. So should we jump into it then? Yeah. Is that what we're saying here? We have our coffee. We have our small talk. Out of the way. Yeah. Let's jump into it. Let's and go. you picked this week. I did, yeah. And I picked uh, 2002's M. Night Shyamalan Science. Shyamalan Ding Dongs. Shyamalan. So before we get into the movie, I guess let's establish where we are on the Shyamalaniverse. I just came up with that. was pretty good. That's, that flow. Nice. Shyamalaniverse. I like, that. I like that. Where do you Where do you fall with some, most, all, none of his movies? So, I've always enjoyed his movies. I've enjoyed it I, in the past. Signs was the first Shyamalan film I've seen. Uh, so, yeah, I've always been a fan of his stuff. I like okay. it. He's very Alfred Hitchcock in the way he writes with a lot of his horror stuff. How so? It's, it's very not... Uh, you don't see the horror Yes. It's okay. very mysterious. Okay. It's very, like, hidden and stuff. Yeah. Uh, which Hitchcock was a lot like that. All of his horror stuff, it's like, didn't show what was, what was going on. That makes sense. Uh, Some movies, though. Because, I mean, if you compare this to Sixth Sense, Sixth Sense showed everything. Yes. That was a yes. very yeah. gory movie. Yeah. But, like, Signs, uh, The Village. I'm, I didn't watch The Happening, but I'm assuming it's we'll talk about it. similar. But <laughs> uh, Because there's a lot of similarities I see. And we can just talk about it now because we're here. Yeah. I see a lot of similarities between this and signs. Or signs and the happening. Um, this was at a period, and it is with most M. Night movies, but the, the dialogue's not the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very simple. It's basic. Yeah. Um, but... For this movie, it's 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 character driven. You know, it's all about the characters. They try to do the same thing with happening, except nobody cared about those characters, and that dialogue was even worse. Okay, this is one of the you've never seen it. I didn't watch the happening. It's one of the most dry, boring movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But he was trying. I can see a lot of similarities in what he was attempting to do between this and that. Even in the way that he filmed it, the cinematography is a lot of the same style. 
so with some of the close-ups on faces and different things like that. It's just mm-hmm. like, ah. But it worked here and it didn't work there in a lot of ways. Which, since you mentioned cinematography, do you think we could start with that? Because I don't think that's something we give the... Uh, we don't tend to give a lot of credit to cinematographers. We talk about it, but the, the yeah. cinematographer, the person, that, people that do it, we don't give a lot of credit. I to. don't disagree. I hate and, it because I'm such a film lover, yeah. but we don't. And I looked up, this This movie had one cinematographer. Okay. And his name was Tak Fujimoto. Okay. And he's done like a ton of movies. He did like Silence of the Lambs. He did The Sixth Sense. He did the original Star Wars movie, A New Hope. Uh... So he's a... He did Philadelphia. He's done, like, all these... He's done a lot of other Shyamalan movies, and I think he did The Happening as well. Okay. So if you're seeing some similarities in there, yeah, that's yeah, why. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, I agree the cinematography in here wasn't the best. A lot of the close-ups on the face and stuff. It depends weird. on if you like it or not. Yeah. And, again, if we could get into the specifics of, you know, how much we liked or disliked this, this movie, I have it to The Happening to compare it to. Since you haven't seen it, you can, mm-hmm. but... This is done really well compared to that movie. Now, this is done not so well compared to some other movies. There are certain aspects of it that I just don't enjoy that kind of thing. A lot of close-ups just on people's face and like everything else is out of focus behind them. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of those choices, typically. Um, especially when their faces aren't doing anything impressive to look at. Mm-hmm. Or storytelling wise anything to look at you know but we can get into some of that more a little bit later too what'd you think of the the writing because obviously M. Night wrote it and directed it so this is and it's everybody knows it's a stereotypical M. Night thing is that his dialogue is just typically subpar yeah um, it, yeah it, the, a lot of the conversations are awkward uh, yeah and then, like, sometimes there, there's, there's, like, comedy sprinkled in there. And Joaquin Phoenix does not deliver comedy well. In this or in anything? In this. Really? I don't think it... I like, would disagree. I'm not saying I didn't laugh. It's mm-hmm. just very awkward. I'll, dis- to- I'll disagree with you. That Okay, I'll agree it's awkward. But in a lot of ways in this movie, I think a, a lot of that is intentional. Okay. Not accidental. If it's accidental... I would agree with you. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cringe, cringy. But in this movie specifically, I think a lot of those choices are done intentionally. And again, I'm going to compare it to the happening because it's on my brain. But a lot of those lines that Mark Wahlberg was asked to say, and he's been on record in interviews saying this, that he'd go up to M. Night and be like, why am I saying this? Why is my character saying this right now? Mm-hmm. And M. Night would just be like, just say your lines. So there was no motivation. There was no nothing. And he's just reciting subpar dialogue because that's what he was told to do but here i the difference is i think joaquin mel rory colkin who's great even abigail to a certain extent she's still pretty little so in a lot of ways she's delivering her lines you know and just being a cute little girl Mm -hmm. um cherry jones all these people know what their role in this movie is and know what this movie's supposed to be so that way when those scenes happen it works for me. Mm-hmm. It just does. You know what I mean? So when I see the Merle, you know, Joaquin's character, or when I see, uh, crap, what's his name? Mel Gibson's character. Oh, jeez. I've lost it. A blank. I just want to call him father, but I know I'm not supposed to. <laughs> Can you guess before I get it? Uh, Take a guess. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I got it. Graham. Graham. And again, in a lot of ways, Graham, like, it's just so, this movie feels very natural to me mm-hmm. in that they're not saying and doing things that I expect movie characters to say. They're saying and doing things that I would expect normal people to say. Okay. You, you know what I mean? In a scenario like that, given the story, given what's going on, we're not getting flowery speeches and we're not getting huge like philosophical except the one scene which is set up perfectly we're not getting that the whole movie Mm -hmm. you know about the fate of humanity and about all this different no we're just getting one family dealing with one thing Mm -hmm. and i think it's really good for that yeah 
So that kind of segues into story. I mean, it's just like, what do you think of the story of Signs? I don't think it's a bad story. I think it's aliens come to Earth. I mean, uh, but I think it, it... The setup of where they are and why everything's happening is perfect. So he's a Catholic, he's a priest who loses his wife and then pretty much like loses his faith, just steps away from it and is like, I don't believe in God anymore. Uh, so now he, his brother moves in with him to help him take care of his kids. So the setup for everything and the payoff is perfect. Like, yes. So yes, I like the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because in a lot of ways, and I've always said this about this movie, the, the aliens in the invasion are secondary story. Mm-hmm. The, the main story is a husband dealing with grief, a father dealing with losing his wife and raising his kids, you know, his children dealing with the loss of their mother and their dad not being the man that he used to be, his brother dealing with his brother not being the man that he used to be and all this stuff. That's where the crux of the story for me is. Mm-hmm. And I'm completely okay with the aliens just being the device that brings about the emotion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you'd have taken out all the alien stuff, there'd still be a good story in there. I'm not saying the yeah. movie would be good, but the crux of that story was to be like, man dealing with grief, dealing with... like that's There's other movies that are that story. Yeah. So I think it's incredible. I really do. I think this is one of his, one of his best. You know, this Sixth Sense and... Unbreakable. Unbreakable, Split. I'll give Split the credit that it deserves. I don't think Glass lived up. Um, Unbreakable's good. I like Unbreakable a lot. I'll give The Village. I like The Village for what it offers. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so when you see aliens come into the, the, into the, the movie, they play the role of a B character. You know what yeah. I mean? Never really on screen. Never really doing anything. We don't see ships, you know, yeah. outside of the TV. Most alien stuff takes place in the TV. Yeah. Whether it's you see the alien on the TV or you see just the reflection of the alien in the t- mm-hmm. TV. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't see even the, what one actually looks like until the very end. Yeah, and even that's vague. Yeah, and they're. What do you think about the fact that they're like intentionally vague about what their motivations are, what they're doing, why, what they look like? I mean. Yeah, I don't think that it matters really why they're there. What matters is that, I mean, they're terrorizing. They're, yeah, you know, they're terrorizing people. It doesn't matter why they're doing it. They're aliens. Nobody yeah. cares. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, well I'm mean, doing this because our home planet is yeah, getting destroyed. Yeah. Well, okay, so maybe you're just doing it because you're a jerk. <laughs> um, why? Why do aliens always have to have a purpose of why they do stuff? It doesn't matter. Well, and that's one thing that I noticed this time viewing it, and I've seen it dozens upon dozens of times uh, throughout my life, but I really enjoyed about this time that it felt like, okay, well, let's put ourselves in the Independence Day movie, but one family mm-hmm. in one spot, you know? Or like, even for a better example, because it's stupid in the, in the movie I'm about to say, the Justice League. 2017 is the Justice League. Okay. Where they kept cutting to that one family that's being terrorized by the parademons towards the end of the movie. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what that was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be your segue into, I can relate, I can understand why this family is terrorized. That movie did it horribly. Mm-hmm. What they were trying to do is what this movie does, where it's like, okay, one family in one place being terrorized by aliens. Yeah. And it's so subtle that I think it per- pulls it off well. I don't think it's perfect, but I think it pulls it off really well. Mm-hmm. The dialogue is not very good, though, in certain spots. The whole recruiter scene is weird. I've never understood that scene. I don't know what its purpose is other than setting up his baseball career and the fact that he's good with a bat. Yeah. Which pays yes. off later, yeah. I guess. There was no other reason for it to be, but I did like it. What, what was it? Huh? Oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, what was that quote he said? 
But, oh, why aren't you in the major leagues? <laughs> no, he goes, he, but the thing is, he doesn't even say, why aren't you in the major leagues? He goes, why weren't you in the major leagues? Making stacks of cash and getting your toes licked by beautiful women. I think he's just supposed to be a creep. He's yeah. in the military and they're just making fun of military people as, as creepers. Because that's also, he's there to set up. He says, oh, well, they're, they're recon aliens. They're mm-hmm. here to check us out before they send in the full-fledged attack, which was accurate. Yeah. This crazy staff sergeant in a recruiter's office was actually right. Also really weird and probably a, a pedophile. And then you get, what's the other guy's name? <laughs> oh, what? Where do you get the fact he's a pedophile? I don't from? know. He's got a foot fetish at least. <laughs> it doesn't make him a pedophile. <laughs> He's a creeper. That's what I'm he saying. He's a creeper, but... Um, and then you get Lionel Preacher sitting there, the kid that they thought was terrorizing him at the beginning, mm-hmm. saying his, his record. And then you get the line, felt wrong at the swing, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, were there any other standout moments to you? Just the... Uh, two, the scene where uh, Joaquin and Mel Gibson are sitting on the couch, kids are asleep, well, they're yeah. talking. That's... Uh, and the scene when they're the scene when they're having dinner, having their yeah. last dinner and stuff. Yeah. And uh, well, it flows so perfectly. Um, and Rory Culkin, I think, is really a standout performance in this movie. Honestly, I think he's the best performance in this movie because a lot of it hinges on his lines, the way he delivers his lines, and that's what propels the story forward. Because mm-hmm. you get it. Once he starts to sense that his his dad isn't doing what he thinks his dad should be doing and kind of rebels against him to a certain extent, it really polarizes the story. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, I see now, you know, especially in that scene, like you said, the the dinner scene when he's like, can we pray? And he's like, I'm not, I'm not wasting another minute of my life on prayer. And then he says, I hate you. And just the honesty in that, you know, because mm-hmm. he wants to love his dad, but his dad is so, so shut down yeah. that he knows that won't be reciprocated. And even when he tells Meryl, I wish you were my dad, because he can sense that he genuinely cares about him. And I know Graham, Mel Gibson's character, does care about them. He's just, because of what was set up earlier with the death of his wife, mm-hmm. he cannot show that at all. Yeah. What do you think about M. Night's cameo slash role I, yeah i know it's just does he have a cameo in all of his movies yes does he yeah okay i mean it's this good. is probably one of his bigger ones most of the time i don't think he necessarily has a huge role mm-hmm. he's just in there somewhere yeah. but this one he actually played a character that was important yeah yeah i mean i think if you as a director are going to play a role and you're going to i mean he's a he's a main character but he's a side character oh yeah. he didn't have a lot of screen time yeah. Uh, I love the scene where he calls uh, Graham to come over to his house and he's already packed up in his car and he's just telling him, you know, he's apologizing for what happened and everything. And uh, I think Mel Gibson's ability to act with his eyes mm-hmm. really, and that's in any movie he's in, yeah. from, you know, The Patriot, which is another huge one, to some of his other roles. His ability to not only just turn the tears on, but literally like connect with you and just to me, it's like oh, if he cries, it's one of those faces that <laughs> makes you want to cry with him because you're like, I don't know how else to explain it for me other than like I can hear his thoughts in his tears. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, that's what because I know what he's thinking in that mm-hmm. moment, and he's not saying a word, and it's. Beautiful and sad at the same time, especially yeah. in that scene. Especially when, ah, uh, because M. Night's like, I get uh, guys who kill reverence wives aren't ushered to the front of the gates of heaven. I'm like, oh, that's so, I feel bad for him having mm-hmm. to live with that. But then detailing, like if I'd have fallen asleep a minute sooner or a minute later, that none of that would have happened. Yeah. So it's almost like it was meant to be. And it's just like, that's gripping stuff. Yeah. It really is. And there's a depth to this movie that I don't think a lot of people give it credit for on that level because it's there and it's present it's palpable to me at least yeah what'd you think about the alien in the pantry (laughs) so okay so the first time I watched this film uh they were at our house watching it 
my uncle brought it over with my parents and stuff. We're watching it. Well, as soon as that alien stuck his hand under it, my mom screamed, bloody murder. <laughs> like, you'd have thought, if you were standing outside, somebody got killed in our house. It was so bad. Made me jump off the couch. <laughs> Which is so funny because, and I'm sure maybe the first time I watched it, it scared me. When it first was in theaters, maybe it was scary. It's not scary. No. It really isn't. They're jump scares. And the CGI is, is as good as it could have been, you know, in 2002. I won't. I don't want to knock it for that, that mm-hmm. it doesn't look as good as what today could have been. Because right. for 2002, that looked good. Uh, and M. Night wasn't as big at this time. I think, because was The Sixth Sense his first movie? I'll be honest, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. It always just seems like he's operating on a, lo- a smaller budget. Yeah. I don't know if that's intentional or... Well, I mean, th- this budget was around... Uh, I think it was around $78 million. Okay. So the budget was roughly around like $70, $80 million, And it grossed worldwide over over like $450, $460 worldwide. Wow. So this was a hit when it came out. I think people trash it now more than they did then. Um, yeah. But I don't think that scene was bad. The only... Th- okay. Going back to the dialogue, just because this kind of triggered me, the only scenes I don't like with in, involving dialogue are the ones where they make Graham out to be like incompetent, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. I'm sure he's a, if he's a reverend, he's been to school, he's been trained. Like, why are they making him out to be an idiot? Especially in that scene when he's like, uh, "The cops are here, and I am with them, and I am a cop, and we're gonna take your friends downtown in a paddy wagon." And he's like, "Why would I say paddy wagon?" It's like I get it. You're thinking on your feet, and you're scared, yeah. but. You had the foresight to pretend to be someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, you're smarter than that. Yeah. You're smarter than that. And the very opening scene is another good example of when they're going to run outside the house yeah. and scare the guy. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what to, I don't know. Act crazy? What do you mean act cra-? And it's just like, come on, man. Like, and I get it. It was comedic and it mm-hmm. worked. It does work. And even the part when he's like, curse, he's like, you want me to curse? That I understand, because he is a reverend. Yeah. But just making him dumb is what I can't wrap my head around. Yeah. I know, he's like yelling, he's like, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. It, it, that, that, that made me cringe. I'm but, losing uh, my mind. I'm insane with anger. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... But going back to it, a lot of this movie, for me, the thing, the dialogue that they give Joaquin Phoenix... It's perfect for me. Even the scenes where it's a little weird, I'm like, Mm -hmm. it works. He just seems like this simple guy, simple brother. And I can't necessarily think of any dialogue where I'm like, with him. I don't know if you can, and you could tell me. No, not, I guess not. No, I can't, not that I can think of. Where, where it was like jarring. Uh, He's the, the thing that kept, Kept coming back to me. I can't even talk right now. I would say when they're at the table and the cop is asking them questions. Huh? I knew this was going to come up. Yeah. And he makes a joke or he says something and then she says that's, yeah. don't get sarcastic with me. And then he like apolo- starts to apologize. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, like I was it's weird, but it works for me. What doesn't work is everything that leads up to that where they're like, where she's saying, who was it? And they're like, I don't, was it a man or a woman? Oh, definitely a man. Was he tall or short? Uh, he wasn't a midget. Like, that was weird. Mm-hmm. But then when she gets to the reason I'm asking and everything after that, which is supposed to be played for a joke, I think works. It's everything before that that doesn't work and makes it like, what are we doing? Yeah. And then everything after that is because that's when he says, setting aside that it could be a Scandinavian high jumper, what other options? And she's like, <laughs> I don't like the sarcasm, but yeah, it, that's probably one of the worst air quotes, worst scenes of dialogue. I think I would agree with you, but mm-hmm. I don't even think that was necessarily too, too. Well, I don't even think the point that he said, uh, like made it the joke wasn't it. It was after that. And he, she goes, don't get sarcastic with me. And it was after that. And he's like, it was like, and it was like 10 minutes later. He's just like, I'm sorry, I was I was way out of line <laughs> with the skin and even. It's like, why are you apologizing? That is funny. Uh, um, but I think the standout scene, and it's the crux of the story, is when they're sitting there watching the TV, mm-hmm. and it's the night scene. So the kids are asleep and they're just sitting there, 
And you can tell Merle is distressed by it all. And, he, and, and I love that he says, can't you just be like you used to be? And it's literally his entire family yearning to have him back. You know what I mean? Just the man that he was. He breaks down that you fall, that everyone falls into two categories. You know, some who've seen signs and miracles and some who think everything is just luck and mm-hmm. chance. What were your thoughts of that scene? No, I I think that's a great uh, I I think it's a great question to ask. Like, what are you? What kind of a person are you? Yeah, you know. And I, Mel Gibson knew. I think he knew what Joaquin's answer was going to be. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. But again, he was trying to comfort him. So yeah, Joaquin's answer is the funniest yeah. thing <laughs> I've ever heard. It, it's like he was intoxicated in the moment. He may have been. Yeah, but it, the, his response is just perfect to me. Like, yeah. it's weird, but I laugh every time. It's supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm a miracle man. Yeah. Those lights are a miracle. And it is funny, you know, thinking about it from that perspective, especially if you do hold any sort of re- religious belief. Like, if you and I are sitting in this room right now and we see aliens, wow, what, do you, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know, I personally don't believe in aliens, but if it were to happen... You, you almost have to fall in one of the two camps, you right. know? And it's a really interesting thought. Way off topic, but I did hear an interview with... It was Elon Musk. Somebody was asking him he's going to space. Is it because you think Elon Musk is an alien? No, he's from Africa. Oh, okay. But uh, somebody asked him, so you're going, to, you're going into outer space, but you don't believe in aliens. And Elon Musk said, yeah, I don't believe in aliens. I'm like, what happens if you see some? He goes, well, if I see some, then I guess... I have to rethink my, my yeah. but I really think that's interesting that it's just like, I believe, way off topic, Elon Musk believes what he can see. If he can see it, he believes it. If he can't, he doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, but the, the, right after Murrow was comforted and he asked, well, which one are you? And then Mel Gibson responded with, well, are you comforted? Then what does it matter? I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, he does not want to answer that question or he's not, he either doesn't want to answer it or he knows that Joaquin's not going to like the answer. Yeah. He's going to take the comfort <laughs> right back yeah. away. And then that's also the scene where he says that the last thing that his wife said to him was moral swing away. Mm-hmm. And he explains it all as brain synapses firing, which is really, and this time, again, this viewing more than any other, he's choosing to focus on one aspect of that conversation he had with his wife, Mm -hmm. which is allowing him to be angry. Right. Only once we know the full conversation do you see that that's not the case at all. She was completely intentional in everything that she said. Mm -hmm. And it was a sign of things to come. Uh, I found found that so interesting. I feel almost dumb for not having noticed that before, but I was just like, not that I didn't notice that that was a sign. I got that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he was choosing those specific lines to focus on, which allow and how many times, again, I'm trying to relate to these characters. Yeah. How many times have I held on to pieces of conversation? Not the whole conversation, but just segment A and been like, I'm mad because of this. You know, it was just, that's a really well-written scene. Yeah. The the setup and payoffs in this movie are re- done really well. They're really well. But it's because I think they're not huge. They're Again, I'm saying the word simple a lot, but not as a negative thing at all. Mm-hmm. I think if he would have tried to get any more extravagant with it, it wouldn't have worked. Right. But the fact that he kept it simple, it's just like, okay, what this is is what this is. We'll talk about it again later, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's what really works for this movie. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, the score for it? I thought it was good. I like it. Did you? Yeah. I'm not saying it was bad. I just feel like for the film itself, it was almost too much. And that could have been. Maybe this movie would have benefited from just less. Yeah. Pulling it back and letting the silence be silence. But I think... It may have been because it didn't have quite the horror elements that mm-hmm. were needed to make it a horror movie. Yeah. So they had to amp it up. Like, and it was. It's it's like a and it nails on a chalkboard it's almost screeching. Abrasive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not enough to take me out of it, but I would agree that yeah. it's 
Maybe too much. Another scene that gets me every time and it's creepy and I'm always like, why? Why is this here? Is the scene when they're going through the book. Him and his kids. Mm-hmm. And the aliens are shooting the house and it looks like their oh, house. Yeah. And then you see the bodies of uh, an adult and two kids. Yeah. And I'm just like, holy crap. Like, what is that supposed to be? Yeah. Why is that there? Yeah, they even say that it looks like our house. Uh, the scene where... Um he goes to get the inhaler at the drugstore. Yeah. And that girl, and she's like, father, keeps calling him father. He's like, I need to confess. <laughs> Again, and I think that was, you know, played for humor. A couple of those scenes were played for humor. And it worked. You got a chuckle, and then you just moved on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I'm still laughing about later on in the movie, but it was just like, okay. And it was a, it was a breath of fresh air moving on to something. Like when... Uh, Morgan and Bo go to the the bookstore mm-hmm. in that same sequence. Yeah. And those two are kind of just some old old weirdos and he's talking about coke commercials and stuff. <laughs> it's just supposed to be funny. Yeah. You know, and then he just move move beyond it. Yeah, he is that guy is convinced this whole alien <laughs> thing is so they can sell more it wasn't even coke, it was uh something cola. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because when you really think about it, so he went to the drugstore comedic moment they went to the bookstore comedic moment and Meryl went to the recruiting station comedic moment so that whole scene is wrapped up in lightheartedness and funny and then they go to get pizza and you see M. Knight's character and it just drops it just drops and at that point you don't know that he had killed his wife right yeah this time watching it for me was very I don't know if I just didn't enjoy it as much because I used to really like this movie. Like, when I first saw... I mean, I was... I was probably 10 or 11 when I first saw it. Okay. Uh, and at that time, I mean, I didn't get to watch a lot of scary movies. So that was this was like, oh, yeah, cool. Because uh, it, it is really clean. There's not... There's not oh, yeah. I, would, I had contemplating letting a couple of the kids watch yeah. it with us. Um, I didn't just because I wanted to be able to focus on it and I needed mm-hmm. to be asking questions and stuff. Yeah. But... It's scary, but like most of the scares are more jump scares. It's not. It's not scary. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Like for kids, I would maybe classify it a thriller to some extent. Yeah. But even then, it's more just like a heavy drama, mm-hmm. if anything. Yeah. You know, no different than a serial killer kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Horror movie. Uh, um, what do you think about the end? So once the aliens, so they decide to stay, at the house. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, again, is met. That's a good scene to me with when they're deciding whether they're going to leave or stay. And Rory Culkin, Morgan's character, obstinance towards his father. It's all Graham's fault. The reason he... Because he's a good kid. You can tell he's a well-behaved boy. Yeah. But it's only because of the actions of the dad that's bringing about the actions of the son at this point in the story. Mm-hmm. And they decide to stay. What do you think... So once they stay and then the aliens attack, what do you think of everything that happens at that point? Like what the basement scene, like when they're boarding up the house and the stories he tells to his kids, because that's when the shift happens. Yeah, it's after dinner that the shift happens. Yeah, and uh, at which point he says he hates him. You know, Morgan tells him that he hates him, and then yeah, they board up the house. The aliens get in. They go into the basement. Yeah, yeah. No, I love the fact that they added like he, he, Mel Gibson himself is seeing like okay, this is our last. This could be our last. I know time together. So I'm gonna just tell him. And he sincerely tries to comfort them. Yeah. Because he can tell they're scared. Mm-hmm. Which I think is cool. And that's what I, that's another thing I love. I don't, if you're, I didn't mean to cut you off. You no, you're, yeah. The things that he tells them are so simple, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not an extravagantly written story with elaborate themes that he's, he's just telling them a quick story and then they move on. Telling them a quick story, then they move on. To me, that seems very realistic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. To others, I think they would see that as subpar. Yeah. But I can't help but feel like these are real people that I'm watching. Yeah. Well, and then, and then him with the uh, Rory Calkins character with the asthma and stuff, you got that whole setup. Like, his asthma saved him. Oh, him. yeah. Well, and then they go into the basement, and you, f- you see the doorknob start to, ch- to turn, which are very tense things. 
to me, that's far scarier than a jump scare. Mm-hmm. You just see that doorknob, and he has to grab it. That's that's tense. Yeah. And then he says, "I'm not ready." Up until that moment, he was okay with dying. Yeah. He was just like, "Yeah, if we die, it's it is what it is." Until that moment, and he realized there's actually something worth living for. Mm-hmm. And then the lights go out. All that happens down in the basement. That's probably the best jump scare of the whole movie down there. When he's standing in front of the coal cellar. Oh, yeah. When Morgan, because this is what causes him to have the, the attack. Yeah. Is he's standing there. You also realize that they can themselves camouflage. Cause, and now that I know, I, you can see the hand, mm-hmm. but it looks like the grates, but you can actually see the hand, yeah. and it just moves up and grabs him. That was good if you didn't know that they could camouflage, because mm-hmm. you, know, you didn't see it. And then that's probably one of the best scenes of the movie to me is once he has the asthma attack and he's holding him and then he'd say, he's talking to God and he yeah. says, God, I hate you. The parallels between Morgan telling his father that he hates him because he feels like his dad is oh, not taking care good. of him to now Graham, Mel Gibson's character, telling God he hates him because he feels like he's not taking care of him and he's letting everyone die. I think it's really deep. I think that makes the whole, that makes the whole movie for mm-hmm. me. The whole movie, and I've always said this is a this is a religious movie. I'm not saying it's a Christian movie. Yeah, what I'm saying is a very religious movie mm-hmm. in an alien film. Yeah, like that's incredible to me, and that's what makes this movie so mm-hmm. worth it. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, I didn't see the parallels. That's really really good. I didn't even think about that. It, it really yeah. adds to the story. Yeah, because then they go upstairs. They think everything's. That's a good scene too. When. They're holding the baby monitor, trying to figure out if they should go upstairs. Mm-hmm. And all they hear is static. And really quickly, Joaquin Phoenix's character is like, good enough for me. And Mel's like, yep. And they just go. I don't know why they didn't take the axe with them. Yeah, they used an axe to prop the door. Why are you not taking that axe? Yeah. Uh, but they go upstairs and everything seems over. Which is leading up to the final incident. They get the medicine, and then he puts him on the couch. The alien grabs him. Uh, before the alien grabs him, though, Abigail Breslin, at that point, when she's like, they're dancing like this, and she starts dancing yeah. all crazy. I've always loved that. She's a good actress, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying she was, wasn't was good. She was just little. She wasn't acting then. Yeah. She, they're just like, here, do this or say this, and she would do it. Yeah. Although, while we're on her, just when they go back to, and we should talk about this, we will, but... When they go back to the other scene, he's like, what's wrong with these waters? Why aren't you drinking these waters? And she said, that one has dust in it. I can't remember what's wrong with the second one. And then she said, Morgan took a sip and it has his amoebas yeah. in it. <laughs> like, she has no idea what she's saying. No. This little girl is just yeah. saying what they told her to say. But it was so cute. And he picks up, in that same scene, he picks up, like, a bunch of glasses to go take them. <laughs> and he sees more and she's like, forget it. Just leave them. <laughs> she's, she's got just really witty one-liners that just pay off, mm-hmm. you know? Like, when they're sitting there looking at the book, and he's, the three of them were earlier in the movie, they're looking at the book, yeah. and he's making fun of it. And she just points at it, and she goes, this is serious. <laughs> or when they're in the car earlier, and Joaquin Phoenix's character is like, it's just a bunch of nerds who can't get girlfriends <laughs> and all this stuff. And she goes, why can't they get girlfriends? <laughs> but then the alien grabs him. What, what do you think of that whole sequence? Again... The setup of everything in this movie was per- paid off. Everything that happened paid off. So, yeah, in that scene, he grabs him. Mel Gibson looks at him and realizes he's missing the three fingers. It's like it's the same. It's alien. the same alien that he cut his fingers. He finally on. got out of the the pantry. Uh, and then he he sees, looks over at Merle, sees the bat, tells him to swim away, which his wife told him to. Yeah, Merle grabs the bat. And then he hits one of the glasses of water and it gets on the alien and find out it burns him. That's the whole setup for, or that's the payoff yeah. for Abigail setting up all well, that. And Morgan gets the toxin in his face. Yeah. Uh, which is really brushed past quickly. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a downside. There's some tension that I think is lacking in this scene. It's not quite as tense as I hoped it would have been. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with what you're saying. The setup and payoff is perfect. But... There was an, this is the first time that an alien is literally standing right in front of your face. And I just don't feel... They're treating him just like an intruder. Mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like it would be a little bit more than that. 
regardless of that, it's a really good scene. And then, yeah, he uses the water and he just beats the living tar out of him. What do you think about the fact that they never clearly show the alien, though? Like, it almost seems the whole time like he's shadowed. Or yeah. You never get details of what it looks like outside of the fact that when it had its arm over Morgan's body, you like you, it transformed into plaid. It like, they're like chameleons almost. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fine, perfectly fine with that. Again, I love the old Alfred Hitchcock style, film style uh, of not showing the horror aspect of it yeah. or the villain or whatever. I completely agree. Uh, because the movie is about the family. The movie's not about the aliens. Mm-hmm. And anything that detracts from that, I think is going to be a, a detriment to the movie. Yeah. Because it's really grounded. Mm-hmm. And and all, I've, I mean, I've said this before, anything you can't see is way scarier. It's far scarier, definitely. But what your mind can conjure up. And... That scene where he's walking in the corn and you see its leg. Yeah. It's so much scarier than that in the scene when it's actually standing in front of them. Yeah. Or and the scene where... Uh, uh, Merle. They come and they say he's there's a man outside my room and he goes out there and looks out and it's just standing oh, on the roof. On the roof, I know. Or the scene with Merle in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is also funny because he's like, Get out of the way, children, dominoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His it reaction up, is oh, perfect. 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 Because it's not too much. Yeah. I feel like I would have reacted the same way. He doesn't yeah. scream, he doesn't yell, but he covers his mouth and he's like, What did I just see? Yeah. I think it was perfect. Mm-hmm. So much of this movie is done to the point where it's like Here's the line, and if you crest it, it's going to go too much. Yeah. And they would go right there, and then they back back off, and you don't get... None of it is too much to me. If anything, some of it is too low. Yeah. And it could have been more, but I don't think any of... Outside of the score, we talked about that. Score was a little bit much, but... I feel like he covered his mouth in that scene, because I think he was going to start smiling. Smiling or laughing. Yeah. But it worked. Paid off. Yeah. And then, obviously, they, they, they kill it, and he goes outside... And that's when he's finally like, he sees it. He's putting all the pieces together that we just put together. And he says, none of this was coincidence. All of this was a sign of something greater, something, someone looking out for us. You know, Mm -hmm. even his asthma was intended to protect him on this very day. You know, it's just like, that's, that's really clever writing. It really is. And then he's okay. And then he obviously gives God all the glory for that. Because he goes back, he gets his faith back. Mm-hmm. Any other any other comments on that that kind of final sequence? No, I think we covered that pretty well. I really liked the transition, and Vera actually pointed out this viewing. I've noticed it before, but the transition they used to show time has gone by, where it's looking out the window, and then it pans over to okay. a different room, looking at a different window, and there's snow, mm-hmm. and then you see the wall where the cross used to be, and it's picture frames now and different things. And then yeah. he walks out of the same bathroom that he walked out of at the start of the movie. Yeah. That whole transition to prove that time has elapsed mm-hmm. in the most simplest and subtlest way, I, th- I think, was really good. Really yeah, well directed. That's good. But that's pretty much the movie. Yeah. You said you had problems with it. I did, but I don't. I don't know. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> Well, why? I, I don't know. I, I think it was just more because I just didn't... I don't think I feel like I enjoyed it as much okay. as I had in the past. Okay. I think that was more it. Because, uh, yeah, now that we're sitting down here, like, hashing it out and discussing and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. No, it's it's a really good movie. I just don't know if I enjoy it as much as I did in the past, and that might be what it... I can't watch it all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, those things that we talked about are what I revisit it for the mm-hmm. whole time. Those underlying themes... Yeah. That are there. I'm on the edge of my seat with this movie, and not because it's scary, not because it's intense in any way, but I really invest in these characters. Uh-huh. And to me, this is one of Mel Gibson's best, honestly. For it being okay, you can look at your Bravehearts and your Patriots and those where he's playing specific people in a specific, but just for being for f- filling in a role of just being a a middle aged man in America dealing with trauma. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that character so much, and it's just like, okay, I'm with you the whole time, you know? Yeah. And now we're talking about aliens, and that's fine. I'm with you. Let's do it. But, yeah, I I, I can't revisit it a lot, maybe once or twice a year, mm. but I enjoy it every time I do. And yeah. it's not too long. 
No, it's not. You know what I mean? This is like what an hour and maybe an thirty hour, or forty, 40 minutes. minutes. Yeah, and if it had gone any longer, I think it would have been a detriment to it. Yeah, but it's perfect in that sense. That's that's what I love about this movie so much. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts? Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Would you recommend it? Yeah, I'd recommend. Oh of, yeah, I'd recommend kind of a watch. Ranking? Would you give it after after this viewing? I guess I'd give it four stars. Would you? Three and a half, four yeah. stars. Yeah, I would give it. Yeah, I'd give it four probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would totally recommend. It's it. definitely one of M Night's better movies too. Like I would. I think Unbreakable is his best, and only because it's not as you popular. Think so yeah. I think the Sixth Sense is probably I mean, yeah, that's good. As too. a movie, as a movie in all elements, mm-hmm. and the twists that come in that movie and the different things, I don't think I've ever been quite as shocked watching a movie the first time as yeah. I was watching Sixth Sense. Unbreakable is a good one too, though. But Bruce Willis in that is probably what I would say is takes it down a notch for me. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think that movie's great. Yeah. I just remember watching, and I'm not going to get into it, but I just remember watching that one the first time, and I was just like, wow, why have I not heard this movie? I know. I watched it's it definitely underrated. It's way underrated. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would argue that all of these are. I would yeah. argue this movie is, and it's been around forever, and a lot of people talk about it, but for some reason, I feel when people talk about signs, they give it a bad rap, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. I think Sixth Sense is probably his highest rated. You think it's like, just overshadowed everything? I think so. And then he made After Earth, and he made Avatar, and he's made some real stinker movies. And all we remember is the crap. We don't remember the, the nuggets. Did he do What's Li- What Lies Beneath? Beneath? No. No. I don't know who did that. Okay. It wasn't him. But he did Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water is a really good story, too. And it's for an original story that he wrote. Mm-hmm. I think he wrote it. Um, that's an interesting movie. You've never seen that one? I haven't seen that one, no. you probably like that movie. It's... Yeah, I saw it on your video. Like <laughs> yeah, Mariah didn't like it. She exactly, so that means you'd like it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mariah. <laughs> oh. No, awesome. I'm glad I picked this one. Yeah, no. I almost picked a different one, and I think I would have been disappointed. Yeah. But we'll probably do that one later, so I'm not going to say what it is. This was a nice one to revisit. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it in years, so it was good. Cool, cool. Yeah. Anything else? Nope, that's all I got. Nothing? No, uh... Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, no, no. Okay, why All don't right. you uh, tell them where they can find us? Yeah, head over to Apple uh, Podcasts and give us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, if you want to contact us and um, make any special requests or just uh, let us know your thoughts, DM us on Instagram, Please. Facebook, um, Twitter, and uh, Popcorn and Coffee. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts on 2002's M. Night Shyamalan signs do you think this is a good movie or not why uh, we don't i don't even care if you do think it's a bad movie i just want to talk about it i'd love to hear your thoughts uh thanks for listening everybody have a good one Bye. Bye.